So I'm on the tail end of getting ready to release my new book, No Explanation Required. And there's so much that I've been elusive about, not only here, but on different social media channels about what this book is really about and how important this book really is. And so I just wanted to kind of go into a little bit of a deep dive about the transition the confidence factor for women is making at this time. So when I initially created the confidence factor for women, it was at a time when I was starting to pay more attention to public policy and the fact that there were no women at the top, especially women closer in my age category between that 29 to 54 range where I felt like there was a normative voice that was missing and it was almost like it was acceptable. And I started really researching and trying to find ways to help more women accelerate their confidence so they can become more present in high level leadership positions. You have to forgive me, but I had been extremely tired, um, exhausted of the administrative assistant, the receptionist, the assistant to the CEO, all of these middle management and low level administrative positions that women often put themselves in. And I think out of a, a dire need to get women to see the value within themselves, Creating the Confidence Factor gave me that platform to be able to start having that discussion and really navigating a conversation with women who had never really thought that the only thing that was holding them back was confidence. And I was so happy that over the last seven or eight years since I created the Confidence Factor, I was able to not only engage in the, these discussions, but have so many new high-level opportunities to be able to share um, my passion, my research, uh, my, my effective tools as a woman who has been in mostly male-dominated industries, and I have been able to share what has worked for me. And it has been great, and I, and I've, I love the confidence factor. And I'm, it's still here, so don't, don't worry, it's not going anywhere. But then as I, I got further into it, I started realizing that I didn't like how women were talking. And I'm an observer. I'm not somebody who just sits around and says, let me just keep repeating the same message over and over. I started really paying attention how people were talking to me, especially when I was on stage or people would talk to me in their emails. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, why are women shrinking themselves in conversations? I'll get these emails randomly. Hey, Carol, I know my book is not as good as yours, but I have a book coming out, da 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 Or the, hey, Carol, I really want you to take a look at sponsoring my company. I know it's a waste of time, but I just figured let me try anyway. Or the one I really like. I know you're a real estate investor, and my little $2 real estate investment is probably not half as big as your portfolio, but I just wanted to get some advice on, and I'd look at this like, why are we shrinking? And I realized that too much of our conversations were explanatory. We just simply put details out there that people never ask for. And I'm guilty of doing the same exact thing in my former days where I volunteered details that did not matter to what we were doing at that time. And I didn't realize that women were doing this consistently. So here I am talking about confidence. Here I am helping women to navigate their way to find their more confident and most confident selves. And mind you, they say they're finding it, but then two seconds later, they're using comparative language publicly and highlighting the fact that they have an insecurity against someone else. 
And I said, this is, this is a problem. We really got to work on this. So I started auditing not only my own conversations, but just conversations I had engaged in for so long. And I found that women simply explain themselves far too much. We naturally are ready to give details because we think people care. And I realized that my own success is because I just don't give you details. So people say that I'm a straight shooter, and I am, but I'm not a straight shooter, really. You know what it is about me that people kind of, they, they don't necessarily understand? It's that I don't provide details. I don't, I don't provide open-ended conversations that have too much details and too much fluff, too much pomp and circumstance that has nothing to do with what you ask me. For example, if you ask me what color car I have, it's black. That's simple. Where someone would say, it's chrysanthemum black with a little hue of a little gray. Like, no, it's black. That's the color car I have. Or, hey, can you come and meet me at such and such and such and such? No. It's really simple. So where you would think I'm a straight shooter or I just go straight forward, what you don't realize is that I'm not a straight shooter. I just communicate with the least amount of effort. I just don't give details where they don't belong. And so much of my success has been because I simply cut the conversation off at the moment that it needs to be cut off. I don't volunteer details because I just know how many details work against us on the rise of us getting finally somewhere close to smashing the glass ceiling. I'll share with you a story that made me know that I was doing the right thing. So many, many years ago, it's almost 20 years now that I think about it out loud, it's almost 20 years ago, my grandfather passed away. And my grandfather is my dad. Like there's no, like even though my father passed away as of recent, I grew up with my grandparents. So my grandmother and granddad were not like grandma and grandpa that I visited. Those were the only people I'd ever lived with. I used to visit my parents because they lived in another state. And when my grandfather passed away, it was of no surprise to anyone. Um, my, fa- my grandfather had been uh, sick for a little while. And so, you know, we were expecting it. At the time that he passed away, I was still in corporate America. And there is a, a fundamental thing that goes on in my culture where, yes, you have a traditional American style funeral, but then the elders who cannot attend the funeral, and because my grandfather was the eldest in the family, the next eldest determines where the body goes. So the second eldest at the time was my aunt, my Tante Marjorie, who is another woman who had a lot to do with my life. So anything she says, she's royalty. She gets to determine how it goes because she's the next eldest. So my aunt in Trinidad decided that the body cannot be buried in the United States. She wanted it buried closer to her. So there was a procedure done here in the United States where we did the regular kind of procession. And then right after the procession, he wasn't buried. We had um, like a like a thing. I don't I can't, I can't explain it, but we had like a thing. And then my grandfather's remains were sent off to Trinidad. Now, I was still in corporate America. Now, the elders have said that the actual body has to be buried in, a, in his home country, on his homeland. I have never, although I am from Trinidad and I was raised in Trinidad, I had never been to our homeland. Our homeland is 
the the land of which where my grandfather was born and that land had still been in my family for generations and so my great great grandmother is on that land my great great grandfather's on that land and my great 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 grandmother's on that land and my aunt who was the elder at the time determined that that was where he has to be buried so i go to my job and i say to the job hey job my grandfather's funeral is on friday and his burial is on tuesday and I have to get ready to go to my home country and go to our homeland. And there's a cultural thing that we have to do. I'll probably be back closer to Friday because it'll take me uh, two days of prayer. And, and I'm explaining all of this to the people who be. And I'm saying about the culture and, and explaining all these details. And after I finish this long-winded thing where I tell them, you know, culturally speaking, the elder, da, 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 the same thing I just told you. She looked at me and she said, no no time off I'm gasping for air after I just told you that in my culture this is what we do the elder has has spoken and because my elder on in America which is my grandmother she can't make it she has determined that I am the person to represent and I go on this long spiel and she said no (laughs) you know why she was right didn't understand it at that time understood it as I got a little older She was right because my norm does not match her norm and it doesn't match her necessity. So when she told me no, I kept trying to find ways to beg and and whatever else. And she used that story against me to try to get me, um, I wouldn't say terminated. She tried to get me demoted because I ended up going to the funeral anyway because it's my culture. This is not like it's up for debate. Like if you gotta quit a job for the culture, that's what we do. You know, my, as my grandmother always says, God will provide and you will get something else. I ended up taking it as personal days with no pay. And when I came back, she was on me about that. And eventually certain obligations I had within my position were starting to be taken away from me. And I knew that the writing was on the wall. I can see that I was on the pro- in the process of being not only demoted, but possibly terminated because I chose to tell this person too many details about something that didn't matter. Here's how I should have handled it. In retrospect, I, didn't know, I really didn't have that information. What I should have said was, hey, person that I have to talk to, I'm, I'm gonna take off Tuesday through Friday and I'll be back the following Monday. And then, that would have been the only discussion that mattered. Because at least I told you when I need it, that I need it, and when I'll be back. And then you can't use my own circumstance against me to be able to say that this is what's happening. And let me tell you why she used that circumstance against me. So in case you're wondering, well, Carol, you know, how does she use it against you? Because now my grandmother was the only person that I lived with. And so she was gonna use the fact that potentially If my grandmother died within the next few days, right, that I would have to do this whole thing and this whole spiel all over again, and I would have to go back to my home country, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, because here in America, we don't bury like that. And I realized I talked too much. And I gave her details because I thought she cared. Instead of thinking, she gave me the day off to go to my grandfather's funeral because she saw my grandfather as like a, a grandpa, and whatever else I wanted to do in my culture was my business. And I realized that I put myself in that position. And so many women do the same exact thing. 
just talking way too much. Getting the gatekeeper invested in conversations that are not normative to the relevant discussion at hand. And so when I was writing this book, I came with so many relevant stories and experiences and scenarios to really help women understand all of this over explaining men don't do. When a man wants a day off from work or a man is taking a day off from his business, he just does. Look at the movie Pretty Woman if you, if you ever get a chance. There was a day that Richard Gere, the, the other lead character, took a day off of work and the, uh, one of the supporting characters says, for what reason? He said, because. It was not because he just because, he just wanted a day off. But if you want a day off as a woman, you're like, I need a day off, I need to decompress, I have to do my nails, I have to do my hair. We're giving way too many details. So now in this book, I'm transitioning into helping women define the clearest communication possible so they can get to the next level of their own success. Many times women have this way of feeling the need to give details that are not germane to what is necessary. And I really think that it's time for us to have an honest and open discussion about the fact that at this point, we've been discussing this smash the glass, glass ceiling, glass half full, glass half empty, seat at the table for far too long. And I realize that the best leaders and the leaders at the top of their game in anything from business to careers to leadership, middle management, whatever it is, you know what they all have in common? They know how to communicate. Effective communicators are usually the ones who get to the top of the spectrum first. And when I say communication, I mean it on all levels, from a quote unquote resume, all the way to the way you describe yourself. The name of the game to get a seat at the table is gonna be on you to describe why you're the best asset. A lot of times I, I watch women hide behind papers and websites and logos and branding. If I have one more person approach me about branding, I'm gonna just cry. You know why? Because branding only appeals to women. Men are not sold by fancy schmancy calligraphy and logos. They're sold by quality and quantity alone. That's it. We're sold by eye-catching, eye-popping logos and colors. And a lot of that is all in the explanation because we don't need it. How many of you have resumes that you consistently update over and over again that are not necessary, they're not needed? But you have them because you're hiding behind them. And so this book is all about getting you out of that cycle of thinking and getting you into the rooms that matter and getting you the opportunities that are gonna change your life. Because honestly, nobody takes a chance or a risk on someone they can't hear. No one takes a chance or a risk on someone they can't see. And your success is directly connected to what you are able to orate, what people are able to hear. And if you can't sell yourself in the first five seconds of a conversation, it's really hard. Because then after that, you have to prove yourself. And most of my success has been about just talking my way into the room. Just literally having conversations and getting my way into the room. When people ask me, how did you get this meeting and that meeting and this meeting? I'm like, yeah, I talk my way into those things. I'm not fully qualified to do some of the stuff that I do. I talk my way into there. I convinced people that I was ready to do it. And sometimes I did it scared. Most times, and to this very day, I do it scared, but I do it anyway. 
to tell people I speak in front of hundreds of thousands of people on stage and I'm not nervous, I'd be lying to you. But I've talked my way onto that stage. Now I got to prove that I'm ready to go. And so this book is a game changer because now we went from confidence straight to communication. And when this book is released, which is in November 2021, hopefully we'll be able to get together and have like a live and open kind of conversation. But more importantly, I really want women to see themselves as leaders and not over communicators. There's some things that you need to keep in private that you need to protect that maybe you're saying too much of and that's preventing you from the life that you deserve and the opportunities that you're more than qualified for. So I hope and I'm praying that you order your copy. It is available on Amazon for pre-order already. I want to be so honest and thankful for McGraw-Hill seeing this vision when I first uh, laid eyes on it and, and understanding how important it is for women to have an accelerated way of communicating. I'm not doing communication for everybody because I've read a lot of communication books before I even kind of developed this topic. And honestly, they speak to men. Well, it's time for us to speak for ourselves. It's time for you to learn from someone who has talked her way into so many different meetings. It's like almost unbearably impossible to understand how I've gotten myself here. I never thought that a little Trinidadian girl from Brooklyn, New York would be doing some of the things that she's doing. And all I did was talk my way into the room. So go to Amazon, get your copy. I promise you it will not be something you will like be like, oh, I regret that decision. No, it won't be something you'll regret. I promise you. I put templates I put scripts in there. I put stuff in there that I don't share with anyone. And I'm not, this is not coaching. This is me saying that I have heard more than enough from women who don't use their confidence in public places. They use fear and hope that they gain sympathy. This is a different way to communicate. And so that instead of thinking that some people like myself are sharpshooters, you look at it differently and understand that it's not about me being kind of like like a little snippy. No, it's I'm direct to the point. I say yes or no. I don't really give mixed answers. And that's kind of how it is. Get your copy. It's available on Amazon. See you soon.